재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 The Rock Scholar is here. We're going to get to him in a second. I just want to clear one oversight first. I forgot to mention Kumgang Pentarium in our list of sponsors before we went to break. Yeah, so the Rock Scholar is an expert on things Republic of Korea, rock. He dives deep and drills down into things that we already kind of know superficially, but brings us a lot of the whys and wherefores. He's our regular Saturday expat Intel voice. His name is Alex Sigrist. Hey, Alex. Kurt, it's good to see you again. Nice to be back. Had a nice trip? It was a beautiful two weeks. You're a jerk. <laughs> you, came, yeah, you came back like huh? right when the weather broke yeah. and became super nice. I, I, suffering. I'm I saw in this, this room. across my social media. Everybody <laughs> was going like, what happened literally overnight? Yesterday, <laughs> I thought I was going to die a heat stroke, and today I'm almost a little bit cold. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and I can look at our, our, we have our live feed of the National Assembly. The camera is actually shaking because of breezes and wind out there. Oh, so man. It's, it's fall. It looks like it's fall. Yeah, it's been wonderful weather, and, and both of us, you know, kind of having that Midwest experience. I love the weather in the Midwest, kind of what it feels like back yeah. there, right? I spent, uh, yeah, Omaha. I spent a couple months in Omaha last oh. year, and we would get these absurdly beautiful days. Yeah. Sky blue uh, as far as you could see, not a cloud anywhere in sight. There's like this thing about Korean weather where you got to get through the summer, and then it just all of a sudden becomes beautiful in the fall. You got to get through it. Yeah, uh, I can summarize Korean weather for you. <laughs> oh, boy. Wonderful. Awful, wonderful, awful. Um, <laughs> you know, fall here is absolutely dreamlike. Yeah. The deep winter here is miserable. Spring <laughs> is wonderful. Summer is pretty miserable, starting around mid-July. Yeah, but we're, we're through. We made it. Is this why the K-pop stars are leaving and trying to transplant in the United States? Because <laughs> Ohio is so beautiful this time of year. <laughs> if I can make it in Ohio, I can make it anywhere. <laughs> Seriously, is this what we're talking about? K-pop stars actually think that by moving to the States, they have a better shot? I don't... It's not about the better shot. It's about the uh, high risk, high reward. It's the money, right? That's uh-huh. what they're going for. And I used to think it was a lot about just if you go to America and you say that you headline for the Jonas Brothers, which is what the Wonder Girls did, then you actually come back here uh-huh. and you say, look how popular we are. So and a little bit of cred. You, you can hook yeah. on as the opening act, yeah. which is plausible. I think a lot of these K-pop yeah. groups are... Maybe they're not quite ready for prime time in the USA, but they sure could make a great opening act. Right, right. And uh, and actually, that increases your sales, especially in Japan, yep, surprisingly. Yep. So uh, that's what I used to think it was about. But nowadays, these K-pop bands are really trying to just make it in the U.S., not gain credibility. Like, for example, the reason we're talking about it now is um, CL just released the song Lifted. Did you hear that while you were in the U.S.? No, I've seen a bunch of people posting it, and I meant to click on the little arrow to play it, but I haven't heard it yet. Right, and I think that's kind of what got me thinking about this topic is this one did not hit social media as much as, say, Gangnam Style did. Uh, Hello. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think State of the Union hits social media as much (laughs) as Gangnam Style did. And so it really missed its mark as far as expectations. It did well as a K-pop song. Um, Like, you know, the numbers on social media, they're really good compared to other Korean artists right now. But they just didn't make that impact in the U.S. market that it was hoping to. All right. So, uh... (laughs) 
I mean, was that the strategy? Uh, I'm going to bypass Korea, aim for my <laughs> U.S. cred, and then come back to Korea. Is it sort of a triangulation thing? Um, I, it was hard to tell, but I feel like this one with CL and how much they've been talking about it, they wanted to go and stay in America, and they want to make her a household name over there. Oh, wow. And it's just not sticking. And so we'll try today to kind of talk about why some songs stick in America and why other songs don't quite stick as much. Okay. So how do we uh, delve into this argument? Well, I guess we're going to have to go with the same way we always go, which is a thought experiment. And I think I'm going to throw everyone off a little bit here. So let's, let's forget about K-pop music just for a couple of minutes. Let's pretend we're American business owners or business owners, uh, pizza business owners more specifically, and we're trying to establish a franchise restaurant here in Korea. And we're looking for the best possible way to break into the Korean pizza market. So no K-pop, think pizza. It shouldn't be too hard, but... Let's try and figure out why our way of thinking was a little bit wrong. So our American pizza chain has the typical American styles. Pepperoni, meat lovers, cheese, veggie, a few other standard varieties. But we need to make sure that we break into this Korean market. What do the Korean customers prefer when it comes to a pizza? Let's do a little research and see what's on their menus. Corn. Okay, all their pizzas have corn on it. Let's add corn to the pizza. And sweet potato pizza seems to be a thing with mustard. Okay, throw in a few varieties with sweet potatoes and mustard. That should work. Okay, we're done today. Let's throw out this to the Korean market and get rich. can't help but notice how many of your thought experiments focus on food. <laughs> do, do you need breakfast before you come in here? Or uh, I usually don't, but I'm also trying to pitch to our producer, like, I'm a good food guy. I can talk about food all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll have to fight the booty kitchen lady. I'm afraid. <laughs> I also want to just add that I object to corn on pizza, just uh, in principle. I think it's, you have to draw the line somewhere. You don't want to throw your own culture out under the bus when you say, you know, like, if you're coming with an American pizza and you want to give Koreans an authentic American pizza why do you throw out your staples? Yeah. And um, I, and that's kind of what I'm talking about here with the recent songs is uh, when you watch the video, um, it seems like it lost all of its Korean elements, which is what a lot of people latch onto. A lot of people like about K-pop. It's, it's a bit of a subculture that I like K-pop because of particular dances, because uh -huh. of a particular beat. Um, the songs do sound different, or because there's this attitude that CL brings that when she d does her kind of female, like, really hardcore attitude, it's still got that Korean element to it, or it did. Like, yeah. when you make superficial changes to a pizza, you can't just add corn to a pizza and Koreans are going to like it. It doesn't so, make sense. Are you saying that CL is adding corn to her pizza? <laughs> I'll have to check on that one, but I'm saying I mean, more, metaphorically like, speaking, is she is yes. she adding? You're changing. You're just kind of like, oh, if I use English lyrics, that will work, and an English producer. But there's something missing at the core that Americans didn't latch onto. Yeah, there was something that's so like if you make a pizza in Korea and then you bring it to the U.S. or sorry, in America and you bring it to the U.S. Probably the composition of your crust will have to change as well, and the tomato <laughs> yeah. sauce. How much sugar goes into your tomato sauce? Everything you know, you're you can't just add English lyrics, which CL did a little better than previous groups where they just add English lyrics and it sounds weird, but still something missing with that. I have to say that what, probably one of the reasons that Gangnam Style succeeded so well yeah. 
is because Psy just does not care whether you get it <laughs> or not. It's all in Korean except for, you know, hey, sexy lady. And then, um, yeah. you know, it is it is raw sort of third rail Korea. You know, mm-hmm. it's peeling back the all of the sort of superficial myths about Korea and showing yeah. sort of gritty Korea. And I think there's an element of that in a lot of K-pop. There's mm-hmm. sort of, look at how impossibly beautiful we are. Yeah. And look at look at our lifestyle and all that. And that's the sort of... Are you saying Sai's not a beautiful man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I... Uh, when he dances the horsey dance, and he got he got the, the the arms, the golden arms statue in Gangnam. So he must be doing something right. He seems to be. He seems to be. And I, I like you know what he did was uh, very different. We'll talk about a little bit in ways why K-pop succeeded. And I think you hit it on the nose there. There's that rebellious attitude that goes across cultures. You know, it wasn't about being a perfect dancer, which is kind of Korea. It's not about the precise beat or the high-pitched voices that girl groups bring out. It was about, I'm rebelling. And it was something that everyone can sort of reach out and do. unashamedly Korean. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's well, like sure, yeah. the, the Korean beauty standards, the Korean fashion standards. Mm. Everything is just one notch higher than mm. uh, you see everywhere else. Even if, you know, it's not uh, musically yeah. necessarily the most complicated thing. And you know, the dance itself was in a way rebellious. The, uh, the horse dance was rebellious because it was like, I can't dance, and that's funny, so let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just do that. It was and here's a dance simple. you can actually do, yeah. I still don't think I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't tried it in front of the mirror? Oh, Come I've, on. I've, yeah, of course I have. <laughs> uh, okay, so w- in your opinion, Alex, what's the sort of je ne sais quoi of, of K-pop? What is it, uh, what's the secret sauce? Uh, to why it works abroad, right? Or why it works in Korea? I mean, so for me, Korea, Korean K-pop is all about... Why it works about is subculture. It's a way for people in other parts of the world to rebel against what is mainstream. Now, it's pop in Korea, but in America, you're a bit of a rebel if you like, let's say, in the past anime or currently uh-huh. if you like K-pop. You're someone who's part of a... You know how groups... When you're a subculture, it's other people don't get us and that's why we connect. That's exactly why I think Korea does so well in, say, South America and Europe and America is because it is a subculture and it allows some people to grab onto that difference part of it. Have you ever seen or heard of this thing called Drama World? We, we did a little feature on them a couple of weeks ago. Um, these guys, they're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, L.A. guys, right, basically. Right. And they've produced this um, web thing called Drama World. Uh, it's a little mini drama downloadable about... Just exactly what you talked about, this nerdy girl who's, mm. who's absolutely yeah. crazy about Korean drama. Yeah. And then she gets sucked into a Korean drama magically through the, <laughs> you know, and, uh, she, she's exactly that. She's a, yeah. a geek, a nerd, a subculture, and nobody else knows what she's talking about. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that was the sort of the tip of the spear in getting Korea K-pop, um, popular in the United mm. States. Now it's a little bit, uh, a little bit broader than that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's tough to see where it is and where it's going. I still think for sure it's got that subculture feel and vibe to it and mm. and why some Korean K-pop people saw the lifted video and were like, this, wait, no, you've sold out a little bit from yeah. what we were. Because once something becomes popular, uh, if you leave your fans, you've got to make it big. You've got to become pop. You've got to make it all the way. So let's kind of move on to maybe why let's, some factors of how korean musical acts can either make it or the factors that don't allow them to make it in the states okay and the first one 
It's got to be. What would you say? I'm, I'm gonna let's just see what you would think it would the be. The classic one that I seem to recall is um, when Sonyoshide, Girls' Generation, oh. Oh, they good. went and they um, they went to they appeared live on the Letterman show. Yeah. And first off, their cameraman kind of screwed up because when Letterman was introducing them a year, two, two, three years back. Um, they were in shot, you know, so like they yeah, were yeah. they were like posed in their mm-hmm. I'm about to dance poses. And it looked very silly. And then So it's a cameraman's fault. That was the whole <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was partially that. Yeah. But then when they started, um you know, they went through this sort of very formulaic choreography and singing oh, yeah. and stuff. And it just sort of, you know, it had this sort of talent show vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think there were a lot of bloggers at the time that said, you know, they're great, but they're not quite, you know, don't put them head to head with Beyonce or with these other massive oh, pop stars in the yeah, US. Yeah. yeah. Beyonce will floss her teeth with you. If, right, you know. right. But um, I don't know. Is that uh, the example that uh, you were thinking of? It is one of them, absolutely. So I kind of broke it down into a couple of different ones, and three in particular. The first one we'll talk about is kind of lyrical compatibility, okay. which we'll use an example from Girls' Generation to talk about that. But the second one is is exactly that. It's how we accept pop, what we accept as pop. And then finally, you know, Americans, we're just not ready for it yet. And we'll explain that kind of through like the Korean movie actors that are in there in America are slowly coming in, right? We're slowly accepting Asian culture as mainstream. But let's just start with that first example, lyrical compatibility. So like certain, Korean, certain phrases have different levels of maturity in each country. Um, and Korean bands will sometimes translate their own lyrics into English and release the English version of the song. But they don't carry it the same weight. So we have a, a bit of a clip from the girls' generation, uh, the boys' um, version. So let's go ahead and take a quick listen to that one. I know life is a mystery I'm gonna make history I'm taking it from the start Coro emergency I'm watching the phone ring I'm feeling the same My heart, my heart Bring the boys out Girls' generation Make you feel the heat And we're doing it We can't be beat Bring the boys out Yeah, um that's got a bit of a talent show vibe to it, to me. It, it does, and the thing I want to talk about right there is kind of the rhyming schemes that if you and I were to write them, it would sound like a middle school, high schooler wrote them because the rhyming was very basic, mystery and history. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, this is what I wrote in my fifth grade poem. Right. All right, and then beat and heat. Feel the beat and we can't be beat. Yeah. Come on now. I, I wasn't... A, it just—it's a little bit immature. It's not knocking like the Korean lyrics because I actually the Korean lyrics—they they, kind of make sense sometimes. And but when you switch it to English, it takes more than just translating it. And sometimes, um, I hate to be negative on this, but sometimes when you translate it correctly, and the, maybe it's a Korean American or a Korean who lived in America, it, it doesn't—they don't get exactly how we should switch it to in America. And I think that misses. Misses hard. It gets the literal meaning across, but yeah. it doesn't get the um, the the hip kind yeah. of sound across. They're, they're better than the in the past when it would be Konglish, 
but it's still missing something. It'd be the same if I were to take an English song and try to put it into Korean. Exactly, exactly. Why try? I mean, one of the cool sounding things about K-pop is that it's in Korean. Yeah, it sounds yeah. good. They, you know, that's uh, what sounds good about it. It's uh, the lyrical flow. The I actually like um, certain Korean rappers because. It's just, it's a different way of rapping. You can't use words as much as you use um, grammar. There's something that's unique and great about it. But switching it to English, I, I can't imagine a Korean rapper taking Korean lyrics and then just translating it into English. It'd be so Especially odd. in a rap. That would be oh. the most awkward thing on the planet. <laughs> or me rapping, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the other thing you mentioned was like how we accept pop. You talked about this talent show and... We don't usually accept that. It's about authenticity. I'll try to make this as brief as possible. U.S. pop is manufactured. Well, all pop is manufactured, but manufactured originality. Okay. Even Backstreet Boys and NSYNC at the time were kind of they were they you know there have been boy bands before, but they were new and different. The way they dressed them, they were all wearing different styles. Um, but the kernel is originality. Yeah, you know, manufactured originality, right? right. Uh, even that's why, like, I think sometimes YG does better because. Uh, 21, Big Bang Inside, they're all sort of, yeah, they were kind of, they're talents that have been brought up in the system, but they their branding is, yeah. we're different and original. And that's I think right. that's worked overseas a lot. Yeah, I think that's right. But like you said, the dance moves are too on point when they come into American shows, perfect ex- execution, and we don't see the originality, we only see the manufactured. And just as Koreans, like if we bring our pop music over here, sometimes they say, "Oh, Americans, you're too over the top. You're too original." Lady Gaga, put some clothes on. Like, yeah. And so it it works both ways in that it's hard to just bring over a band to the other side. All right, has this happened in reverse ever before? Like a Kore- uh, a Western band tried to come over here, and there's the Lady Gaga thing. Is there anything else? Going uh, on? You know what, though, I think a lot of the bands that are successful, and and I was gonna hit this at the end, but I'll do it now. The bands that are successful in both countries are um, ones that can enter into other subcultures and do really well. Rock and roll. Or um, even if you are pop, it's kind of a rock feeling to it. Um, like any at the Pen and Pork Music Festival or you know, we hear, hear bands like Linkin Park come in and you have Korean bands that go over. So I, you can, but I haven't seen it as much in pop. It kind of works with It's hard to make Lady a Gaga. one-to-one comparison. Yeah, because Lady Gaga is a world thing. And most educated Koreans are partially, if not very, fluent in English. So yeah. they have no problem just accepting right, right. the Western bands for what they are. It's, it's much different. And oh, one thing to consider, too, is like Americans, we had that big boy band backlash, right? We talked about the other ones, but Blink-182 came out with music videos when the pop-punk scene came out. Uh-huh. They were like, we don't do this boy band stuff anymore. We just don't. No. We're going to make fun of it in our music videos. And then the, the American pop rock scene came out and kind of took over, which is happening in Korea too. I mean, let, let's not forget about the new Show Me the Money on Pretty Rap Star rappers that are coming up. It's the rebellion against K-pop. Okay. And so Americans don't want another boy band or girl band necessarily. You know, hmm. one, one so there's room for enough. some satire. Some room for there's some, still room for satire. Yeah. And that's what Gangnam Style was. Of course. It was a satire of the system. Yes. And it was great. Um, so, and the other thing is, um, let's move on to the last part, which is Americans may not be ready. Uh, and this is, this is on the fault of Americans that we don't accept. Uh, we don't have many Koreans in leading roles. We have a few. Daniel Kim that does well. Um, the guy on uh, Walking Dead. Yeah, um, and, and he's, he does well, and we're starting to accept it, but we're still slowly accepting Korean artists. And I think that's a fault on the U.S., mm. But uh, it's just it's, if it's true, it's true. You, you know, I don't think we can ignore that as well. Well, we tend to, in the U.S. We still cast 
white guys in Chinese roles. or yeah. Asian roles. I mean, yeah. what's up with that? Uh, you know, Matt Damon and the yeah. Great Wall of China and uh, yeah. what, what is it? Um, oh, like Scarlett Johansson yeah. as uh, that anime character. And yeah, and if we look at Sai very quickly, one of the reasons that he worked is we did have a role for kind of the funny, chubby Asian person at the time. We have a lot of... and. Com- comedic Asians and so he was able to blend right in like oh this is a part of the Asia that we we were used to and accept and he blew up on on everything so do we see a future for K-pop in the US do you see one for K-pop in the United States yes I mean you see that mm-hmm. thing that the perennial article that always appears in the Korean newspaper is Hallyu taking over the United States <laughs> and it's basically a you know there was a K-pop concert held somewhere yeah. 75% of those in attendance were Korean Americans yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got you know a few people that are genuinely mm-hmm. interested uh, I do think through the atomization of digital media mm-hmm. you're going to get these geek communities these yeah. um, digital niches where right, they're right. just head over heels into it yeah I think the, and the, that's the future of all marketing is niche marketing is is getting your core audience that always purchases your products and I think Korea will do a great job of be, K-pop will do a great job of becoming a, a large subculture a large niche market and you know and like I said before we're, we're noticing we're putting more Koreans in roles uh, in media that's helping a lot and honestly I think uh, this is my own personal thing I think rock music itself is one of the ways it's not pop in Korea but I think it's the rock music in uh, America will be something that comes out in the future. K rock. K rock. Crock. What a crock. <laughs> <laughs> this crock band is up next. All right. So, yeah, a little bit of uh, rebellious K rock would be nice here yeah. in Korea and in the United States. Absolutely. That's the rock scholar's take <laughs> the on music scholar. this week. <laughs> ROK. Not, in, not intentional, but. There you go. Alex, thanks very much. Oh, it's always a pleasure. And that'll bring today's edition of Koreascape to a close. We are produced by E.Q. Huang. Associate production is done by Jamie Lee, and writing is done by Nikki Kim. I'm Kurt Asian. Remember to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Amy in the Morning is up next if you're in Seoul. If you're elsewhere, Hello Korea is up next. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>